number 54 The house with the bamboo door Bamboo roof and bamboo walls They've even got a bamboo floor You must get to know Soho Joe He runs an espresso You're a house of bamboo It's made of sticks Sticks and bricks But you can get your kicks In the house of bamboo In this casino You can drink a chino When it's gotcha Swing it to the tatcha Dance the bolero In the sombrero And shake I like a snake You wanna drop in When the cats are hopping Let your two feet move To the big beat Pick yourself a kitten And listen to a platter That rocks the jukebox I'm telling you When you're blue Well, there's a lot to do In the house of bamboo You've got to know Soho Joe Runs an espresso Called the house of bamboo In this casino You can drink a chino Get your two feet move to the big Yourself a kitten and listen to a planner that rocks. I'm telling you, when you're blue, well, there's a lot to do in the house of bamboo, number 54, the house with the bamboo door, bamboo roof and bamboo walls. They've even got a bamboo floor in the house of bamboo. <laughs> yippee! 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 Listen, what's the, hell, what's the title of this thing? No title again? I'm daddy, lonely, me, a little money. Is it rolling, Bob? Ding dong, ding dong. Okay, enough of that. We're here. I'm back. And I didn't realize until just a minute before pushing this uh, record button that this would be episode 800. So welcome to, holy fuck, 800 episodes of the Dixon Janes podcast, one at a time. Stretching back over 15 years, that is uh, <laughs> some kind of accomplishment. I've always wondered, um, you know, it, it's it's something I have to do. It's for me, so I, I can't um, give myself any brownie points for doing something for all of you folks out there. But I, I say that, and I am very glad that occasionally I do hear from people, and this is not me being humble or begging for more or anything else. Um, I know there are people out there who uh, enjoy my weekly updates, and for that I'm very, very grateful. Well, here's another. Uh, and in fact, I haven't even put out 799 yet. It's at home waiting for me to uh, do the little bit of uh, the XML. Is it XML? <laughs> LXM or whatever it is, the uh, copying and pasting and coding and changing and updating uh, I do for you. And then... I have two feeds, and there's the Blogspot feed, and I do that secondary, and then there's the other one that uh, probably anybody who subscribes to iTunes gets directly. Uh, so, I will do that today. But meanwhile, I thought this was kind of a, a time to celebrate. I'm in uh, Thompson Park, and we haven't recorded from here in quite a while because the park has been closed because of COVID-19. And it is open now. It is a gorgeous day. I'm sitting on a bench there are people all over, and it's nice. Like, it's just a, it's a beautiful big space to be shared by all. And uh, unlike Bluffers Park, which attracts a lot of, I was going to say young hoods, but yeah, young hoods. <laughs> I guess that's kind of an old expression. Do people even know what that means? I think as soon as I say that, young hoods, I'm thinking 1950s black leather jackets, you know, looking for a fight, West Side Story. But <laughs> they're not here. It's couples, uh, older people, uh, c- 
cultural groups often organize picnics and things. They've got all you can book, reserve a whole enclosed, not enclosed, but covered area, and there are barbecue pits and things. So it, it is a wonderful place, and it's very, very nice to be back. Um, it just sort of happened by chance. I had a doctor's appointment this morning uh, that I was very, very stressed about. It's not usually I'm upbeat, optimistic. Hey, everything works out. But the past ooh, quite a while now, it's been going on for weeks, I think, I've been depressed and I've been worried about my knee uh, because, you know, for the first three months after surgery, which was February 10th, I felt great. I'm really making progress. I can walk. I can do all this shit. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, late, not even lately, the past month or so, I've just, there's a, a couple of points in the bend when you bend the knee. When, oh, ooh, that hurts. That's sensitive. That's tender. And it looks misshapen compared to the other knee. And I've just been thinking the worst. I just got depressed. Like, holy fuck, this is it. This is the end. There will certainly be no trips to Europe. Before, it was just because I couldn't afford it. Now, because I couldn't walk. Uh, no trips out to um, Thailand to visit uh, the Barstool Buddha or uh, Singapore Sam. No longer that. Thailand Tom. No, just, you know, our good friend Rob. Uh, who's got an absolutely fabulous place out there uh, in uh, Chiang Mai. And, you know, I sort of wrote those things off. No more trips back to Japan. I couldn't handle the walking, the climbing. And that's depressing, I guess, you know. And, and it was happening on a, on a subconscious level. It was just there. And this visit that I had today, I was really, really worried about, like, you know... I didn't think he was friendly. He was the surgeon, and I thought he was going to immediately blame me. Well, you didn't do enough exercises, you know. Uh, it's your fault. He sort of made that in the beginning. He said before the surgery, hey, it's 50-50. You do, I do my part. You do yours, which means the follow-up exercises. So I was very stressed. What's he going to tell me? What's he going to say? Um, what am I going to say? And I let him know, look, I'm depressed. I'm worried. And he was all smiles. Oh, my God, you've got the motion. No, that's great. No, I'm Oh, I'm very pleased your knee is fine. Look, 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 you can do this, this. Bend it back. Okay, lift it up, bend it back. Oh, that's great. Perfect. Wonderful. So he, he was all uh, positive about it and telling me not to worry. Come back in three months. That's great. And I said, yeah, but it looks weird. It looks, it looks like, you know, I've had fluid drain before. Is there a buildup? No, no, that's scar tissue. That's why it's sort of a bit misshapen, and uh, uh, I keep using that word misshapen. It, it seems so appropriate. How often do you get to use the word misshapen? No, oh, her head is all misshapen after the accident. Uh, <laughs> I'm very conscious of heads. Every time on TV, if there's a new newscaster or somebody, the first thing I look at is the shape of the head, and I and I'm, I don't know why. It's a weird fascination because I think it's what makes us human that they're so different. And sometimes just plain stupid looking. And I tease people. I used to tease people about their heads. And I, in fact, I still do. I, I was merciless with uh, uh, Shane in um, in uh, Windsor about it. I've you know he, since I tell him his head has got back to normal. Um, I learned a lesson in grade five. I had a friend I called Picklehead because it seemed to be just kind of this perfect oval shape. And. He didn't. He didn't like it. I've mentioned this before, but I'll just get it out of the way now while we're on the talk of topic of uh, misshapen heads. And I'd call him Picklehead, and he took it to mean like he was stupid because he hadn't done well in school. And I think the Picklehead was, you know, meaning you, you you're stupid. And that's not what I meant at all. I meant I think the shape of your head is funny. Well, he didn't find that funny at all, and he kind of beat me up. <laughs> I really had it coming to me. Like, he just pinned me to the ground, and, like, he had his fist ready to punch me. And I uh, said, stop calling me that. And I did, you know. <laughs> okay, I got your message. Sorry, Roger. Um, anyway, I know that's a tangent, but uh, there's one particular newscaster, and every time she comes on TV, I'm just, I can hardly look at her. Like, it's it's wrong. Like, I, I just want to squeeze it back into a different shape. Okay, so let's park that. Thank you. Uh, back to my knee, my misshapen knee. And um, 
he said, no, that's fine. That's great. You've got this range of motion. And then gave me one exercise to do. He said, just do this one, lying on your bed, just lift it up. He said, the problem is your muscles, uh, just above your knee and, and to the side, your upper calf muscles are not working. They're, they need to be strengthened. And uh, I let him know. I said, yeah, well, I, I mean, this is complicated because I have neuropathy in both feet and I have drop foot in this thing. And he said, yeah, your muscles really need he didn't say beefing up, but that's kind of what he meant. And it was nice because it was, here's an exercise you can do just lying down. Just raise your leg. Just raise it up and hold it there. And he said, if you've got a weight. And I said, oh, I've been using my weight. Perfect, perfect. Come back and see me three months. So I feel better. I feel better. So on the way home, I hadn't had breakfast. I, I really just was stressed. I thought, oh, I could maybe just stop at Tim Hortons and get a nice coffee. And then I thought, oh, you know, why don't I? I haven't had breakfast. Why don't I treat myself? And there's two voices. Well, no, no, you can just go home. You can make coffee at home. You got a hamburger bun you can make. Put an egg in it. You'll be from cheese. You'll be fine. And the other voice, Ken, come on. You can treat yourself, you know. $6.90, you get a nice coffee, uh, which was delicious. Um, a breakfast, Tim Horton's breakfast sausage sandwich on an English muffin, and it was great. So much better than McDonald's. Like, it was really good and satisfying. And she said, make it a, make it a combo, you know. Um, and got myself a nice banana muffin, too. So, you know, that, that was celebration. And then, okay, now just backtrack a little and go to... Uh, Thompson Park and talk to your friends. Start a new podcast, number 500. So I'm here to uh, open this episode on a celebratory note. Feeling better about my knee. I don't have to just keep doing what I've been doing and uh, give it more time. It's been five months. They say up to a year. Okay. And not worry about, oh my God, something's wrong. I I think the worst case, I was thinking they're going to have to cut the knee open again and uh, take out the the new artificial knee and put in another one. I was thinking worst case scenarios, you know, something like that. And he said, I won't, he said, I won't, um, I wanted, actually, I wanted to have x-rays or um, ultrasound. He said, in three months, then we'll do the x-rays. So we'll leave it at that. I'll take his word for it. He he was very nice and much friendlier than I had uh, imagined. Um, just final note here about stress. Uh, before waking up, you know, that's when I have my all my dreams just in that, you know, the hour, half hour, ten minutes before waking up. And they often string from one end to another. So at one point, I think I was in Japan, reconnected with my old company, um, and people were happy to have me back, and there was something positive. And then the next thing, I'm traveling somewhere in a town that's familiar. I knew it was sort of my hometown, so it might have been I had two Japanese people in a car that wasn't mine, but I was responsible for. And I had left them to go and do an errand, and I had to come back and get them, and they're waiting. And I got lost, and I could not find it. And the images just of of buildings. I've never seen that before. I don't... Wow, I'd like to take a picture of that. No, you don't have time for a picture. You've got those two people waiting for you. You've got to find them. And in buildings and outside and alleyways, and I knew it was in a parking lot that should have been easy to find. And then I was trying to find my way back. Okay, go back to where you started and start all over again, you know, which often works. Couldn't find that. And it was just stress, the dream of stress. Incredible. And uh, I like to think that this little visit to the doctor has just eliminated some of that. That it just, okay, hey, stop worrying, stop going into that negative territory. You'll be fine. You're going to be okay. You're done. This is a turning point. And it just seems very fitting the turning point would come at episode 800. So I'm going to end on that note. I'm going to go back home. Uh, my wife is off sick today, which is very rare for her. I better see how she's doing and if she needs anything and uh, get back to my books. But I think I'm just going to, given that there's a beautiful breeze, I'm just going to sit here a little longer and read a little more about uh the things about racism that I should better understand. Scarborough Dude, signing out on this uh, Wednesday, July 15th. Feeling pretty, pretty good. Yep, pretty, pretty good. Bye for now. 
bit weak. Oh, I know why. Because I got a whole bunch of wires underneath the dinger. Okay. Doesn't matter. Oh, I wonder why this sounded so weird. It's because I don't have the earbuds plugged in. Hang on, hang on. Hello? Oh, that's much better. Um, yeah. Checking in from Buffers Park. I just spent the last half hour in the uh, on the beach side, just parked, sitting in Sal. The road trek is out for a spin today. I decided it was time to uh, move it around. Oh, I should check the uh, tire pressure. I'll do that after. Uh, yeah, I was listening to um, Jim Carrey on the Mark Maron podcast. What an interesting interview. I, I just have so much respect and admiration for Jim Carrey, and maybe not just because he lived in Scarborough for a while uh, and is Canadian, or was, uh, but just a neat guy, a very cool guy who's another one trying to actualize himself, to transcend. I mean, that's what he's about. That's what he's doing. He's just been given this opportunity, and he's working on it. At first, I was really annoyed with Mark was just kept cutting him off and, you know, commenting on everything Jim would say, Mark would have something, a comeback to it. But he let him go a little more towards the end. And then what was neat was they had the commonality. I mean, Mark's in show business, right? Stand-up comedian and knew some of the people. I knew knew the people Jim knew. And they talk with such great fondness over uh, Rodney Dangerfield. And it's so nice. Every Everybody you hear mention him talks in loving terms what a great guy he was. And, of course, Jim Carrey can just do this absolutely flawless um, interpretation. They were very close friends, and it was kind of nice. And after he died, I guess Jim inherited or was given, uh, he said, the holy grail of, you know, who this guy was. I don't know. I don't know exactly. A box with stuff in it that was important. And that's kind of nice. Anyway, that was a good interview, so that's how I spent my time. And uh, then I thought, I'll just check out the boat launch area before I leave. And then got here and realized, holy shit, I came down with the purpose of podcasting. But I was so engrossed in that. And earlier today, listening to uh, Jason Reese's episode 500, which was wonderful. Uh, Jason was in the zone. And uh, the message was, hey, you too get out there and share, you know, who you are. And I think that's what we're all trying to do in this subculture of podcasting. We're we're not about how many more listeners can we get and, you know, could you ever get a sponsor and how to monetize or any of that. We You know that. I know that. But it's more than that. It, it's how closely can we connect and uh, how much can we share. And I know there are people out there who don't do, whose podcasts are of a certain type of the subject. And there is so much more about those individuals who may be listening to this podcast who I would really like to know about. Like, well, how did that feel? How did this week feel? You know, what what did you go through? What are some highs and some lows? And you can you might get that information in a text format, but it is not the same as putting it into your through your voice and putting it out there for others to listen to to share your vulnerabilities. And uh, that was a message Jason put out. So that was very nice, too. So, uh, oh, there were a couple of songs. Damn, I wanted to talk about the songs that I um, I played. Oh, well, the one just prior to this, I guess, was a Dave the Dave Clark Five, uh, Chiquita, which was a hit by another group. And that song was the only reason you heard all these other songs from the mod influence, the mod music. Because when I did the search on albums with Dave Clark 5, you know, near the bottom of the list, well, here's one. They got out of 54 songs, there's one by Dave Clark 5 that nobody had ever heard before. Uh, so that's what I just played for you. And the thrill, the connection, the thread, the ripple is that, well, that came from the having seen the movie, um, uh, whatever I, I told you about it. Uh, it catches if you can, uh, and having a wild weekend, same movie, uh, led me to, oh, well, what else have they got out there? And so on. So, anyway, that's all. That's an explanation. And I opened up with a song. 
I can't remember which, but I know I really liked it. It was weird. It was really, really weird. It might have been, might have been the Caesar one. I don't know. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying them. And uh, that's it. So I'm just going to drive Sal back home and get it nicely parked again and plugged in. But I needed to take it out. I should have really taken it out on the highway for a bit of a run. But uh, uh, I don't know. Soon enough, I'll be doing that. Uh, on the end of the month, I'll be uh, heading off camping for a couple of nights. So uh, stay tuned for that. Scarborough Dude signing out here. We'll move the bell uh, from um, Bluffers Park. Bye for now. Check, check. Let's just leave that on in the background, if you don't mind. You know who that is. And uh, it's the album that I didn't have um, that uh, Dave posted the picture of, and that's what led me to the box set. It's amazing. Like, he doesn't know it, but just from things Dave, uh, Dr. Dave, has posted, I ended up with this box set of CDs because he showed one. Oh, I don't have that. The Teenage Thing album. I better get that. And led me to, of course, find their box set online. And man, oh man, what a gift. Uh, the Love and Rockets box set. I just love it. It's um, The album is Seventh Dream of Teenage Heaven. It's become my favorite. Um, anyway, that. And then all the mod stuff you've been hearing is because of his dad likes Dave Clark Five. <laughs> Uh, as does Dave, and uh, I've already told that story. So anyway, I just find it funny, and I think it's neat to belong to a community where you do have kind of a little, maybe not impact is not the word, although it's true, but also the ripples, the ripples, the ripples, the things that just sort of uh, the the randomness of things in life. And the, what's the, that special word when something happens and it's it's a good happening, it, it's meant to be sort of thing. Oh, I can't remember it now. It's a word my aunt used and loved. And uh, you know what? I've used it on this podcast before, but let's, uh, let's just forget it until the name pops up into my head. Oh. Episode 800. Still at it. Um, I mentioned Jim Carrey and how much I enjoyed that interview on Mark Maron. And then I listened to Jimmy Fallon uh, or saw his show. I don't like him. He's a bit uh, just too full of himself. You know, you can get drawn in. He's attractive looking. You can get drawn in by his appearance and his smile and his charm. But there's something kind of not quite real about him. And he interviewed Jim Carrey on that book, Memoirs and Misinformation. And I was so sad to see Jim giving the same stories, the same connections, the same anecdotes that he'd given on Mark Maron. And suddenly, wow, this is just nothing more than another book promotion that the publishers make you do, you know, do the circuit, get on as many shows as you can, talk about your book, because uh, you got to sell it when it's new and fresh. And the way uh, Jimmy Fallon gushed about it, Jesus Christ. So I like Mark Maron a lot more than Jimmy Fallon as people, 
Uh, and I'm kind of disappointed in Jim Carrey that I thought I was getting fresh new stuff, and it wasn't. Okay, uh, man, I got to turn this down. I, you know, one thing I've noticed recently is I cannot. Maybe I, I, I think I used to be able to, but I cannot multitask anymore. If I'm reading, I cannot have music on in the background. I used to be able to. That's how I got through university, you know, crank up Pink Floyd, whatever, and uh, go through your textbooks. I can't do that now. I, I can do one thing at a time. And like when I'm cooking, perfect time to listen to podcasts. I want silence. I enjoy, I want to hear the chopping of the onion, the carrots. Um, and now at night when, you know, I can use a podcast to put me to sleep. That's easy enough. But uh, I can't do both at once. I, I don't do either of them justice. And I, I find I'll be reading a book and then I was, holy shit, I just missed 10 minutes of something on Sam Harris. Bam. Rewind. Start all over. Okay, pick one or the other. You're going to read or you're going to listen. So that's not a bad thing. Um, speaking of choices... I filled up on my usual Saturday morning news quota today, and I was just, I ended up so angry at so many people. And the number of the times, I just, I looked at the TV and I just, oh, fuck off. Fuck off. Like, a lot of fuck offs. Oh, fuck you. Like, just anger. Uh, at people, I, and I won't go into all the things. I made all kinds of notes of the things I could talk about, and why it'll, it'll pollute your ears too. There's just so much shit, and, and part of it is just well, what does the media choose to focus on? There's so many possible choices, and they'll do whatever is going to, you know, for whatever reason in the newsroom. Oh, this is catcher. This has got good visuals here, or. This is going to piss some people off. Uh, let's do that. So what I, I haven't minded is there's been a lot of repeats of my queen, Queen Elizabeth, a woman I love dearly and respect greatly, uh, knighting the 100-year-old Captain Tom uh, for the uh, his marching back, back and forth, I think, in his garden. Uh, to raise money, and he raised something like 50 million pounds or something crazy uh, for the healthcare workers. So it was a good thing for him to do. It was a little thing, and I, he had no idea. And at the end of it, <laughs> there's a scene of him at a distance. Queen comes out. She's got the big sword. Bam, tap, tap, both shoulders. He's he's holding on to his, his walker. And uh, then they interviewed him after, and he was just so delighted about what a beautiful lady she was. She was, And it was clear, the queen, this was something she was happy to do. And and that's like a lot of people go, I'm against fucking royalty. Oh, fuck you and your queen. You know, the way I'm saying fuck you on the TV for you know, lots of other people. Um, and that's okay. I'm just telling you that I've always loved Queen Elizabeth. I'm I'm totally... <laughs> Disappointed in pretty well everybody else in the royal family, um, sadly. Um, but, you know, I, I, so let's not go into that here. I, I could give a, a big defense on why they should keep the monarchy. Uh, and uh, they should, yeah, for the tourism alone. Okay, uh, so, all right, so I'm going to, maybe just one more story. There was a fire in uh, a 15th century um, cathedral in, I guess, Nantes. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, in France. And it blew out, the, you know, they have these huge at the front, these circular stained glass windows, and it just blew it out, huge fire, and they suspect arson. And even though I'm an atheist, I love old churches, I, I get a, a feeling, a very strong feeling when I go in there and sit in silence. And any time one is damaged or bombed or, in this case, set on fire like the one in, in Paris, uh, Notre Dame Cathedral, which I had the good fortune to visit, you know, 50 years ago, um, it saddens me. And I think anything to do with fire, and it goes back, I've talked about that fire in Valleyfield, I remember as a little kid, and... Uh, and I think it's just, it's done something to me that any 
Arsene, you know, I mean, when it's a brand new building, I'm just angry at the people burning it down, either for insurance or just for kicks or whatever reason. The tow truck fires in Toronto bugs the hell out of me because that's organized crime beating up on each other, and they should all be arrested. Uh, and I don't know why they haven't been able to solve that. There's even been killings over the fight for who gets tow truck contracts or gets to win in the business. And it's it's the underworld. I, I'm deeply, deeply, deeply disturbed by organized crime. That the the power it has over lives, um, and and the the levels of corruption. You know, you 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 see it in all these old 1940s, 50s movies. And they're trying to do the American way, and the good guy tries to sweep them out of town or put them behind bars. But they just get smarter and smarter every year, and uh, it almost seems a hopeless battle. I, I just feel so grateful. My life has been untouched. Nobody's threatened. You know, no phone calls in the middle of the night saying, I know what kids, what school your kids go to. But that kind of thing happens. And you, you look when you look at Mexico, uh, different crime groups, but on the same idea of judges and lawyers, university students protesting, being murdered, abducted, murdered, shot, because it's just so cheap to hire people to kill. And it, it just, things like that, I just, it's so painful. It's so sad. Well, here I am talking darkness, and I, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to. I'm not even going to talk about, you know, defunding the police, which I don't agree with. I, I mean, I do. I, you know, hey, send out social workers instead of police, armed police to take care of somebody who's having a bad time. I mean, there's better ways of handling it. Yeah, let's fix it. Let's solve some problems. Look at where they are and don't pay police overtime to be standing at construction sites or uh, where the traffic lights are. You can get rent-a-cops at half the price to uh, to do that. Um, so there's there's lot there's room for improvement, but the whole idea of abolish the police, and then they correct themselves. No, I mean defund the police. Oh, fuck off. Hey, hold! Stop that noise! Jesus Christ, folks! I, this is this is a prick here. I, I'm calling an intermission. Look, if you're new to this podcast, I got to tell you right now, this guy is only halfway through this monologue. Like he's babbling on for another twenty fucking minutes. I can just. On and on, nonstop. I'm just calling a stop right here and now, just, just to give you a break. This, holy fuck. You know, i got to apologize. I, I mean, if you've been listening a long time, you all you know what to expect. It's your own fault for, for staying here. But if you're new and you just tuned in because he begged you, told you it was 800th uh, edition, and uh, you should give it a try, it, it doesn't get any better. I'm telling you that right now. I'm stopping. stopping these, he's still talking. Don't worry. He's still talking. But I'm, I'm just calling, a, calling an end to this thing. This fucker, he's an old man now. He could have told stories. I mean, he was, he was traveling the hippie trail when I, through Europe when it was still warm. I mean, he was hanging out with uh, drug smugglers in Greece and Morocco. He could have told stories from them. He spent a couple of years, two years, in a fucking bush village in, in West Africa. He could have been talking about that, that whole goddamn experience. He spent almost eight years living in Japan. Jesus, he was taken over by the culture. So much he could have talked about that. And, and instead, what does he do? He talks about what he saw on fucking TV last night and how he felt about it. He's, he's pretending it's Zen. He's calling it. I, I'm in. I'm in the here and, and now. It's, it's just whatever is, is 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 the truth. Is the now. Is the is the thing. This is it. It's real. But he's not thinking about what it's like on your end of it to have to listen to this crap. So I'm just calling an apology. I'm just. I'm calling a halt. I'm giving you a break. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll put in a tune. I'll do something. And then I'm going to go right back to where he left off, just so you know what what I'm talking about. You know, I've tried. I've talked to the guy many times. It's no use. He doesn't listen. He thinks his shit is a, is, a, is the best. You know, the stuff he dishes out, the stream of consciousness, the, the the verbal diarrhea. It's like it's just like a flood. The toilet's overflowing. The shit's all over the floor, and he's still calling it great. And he thinks he should be listening and enjoying it as much as he is. Well, I got news for him. Except he doesn't take it in. It's just, it's, it's just stream of consciousness. That, that, that's all there is to it. I, I just, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know if you got this far already. <sighs> Help me out here. Like, just, holy Christ. No, I, I, I'm telling you. No, I'm not, I'm not going to put on this. I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punish you more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what this asshole is really like. It just gets back to more of the same. Who knows, whatever, something will fucking enter his mind, and there it is. He's off for another five minutes on something he wasn't even thinking about, talking about. It's just there because it, it entered his mind like a little bubble, like a little, like a little child who can't quite focus. That's what you get. No, here, all right, you're back. We're done. Here he is. Tune in. This is it. With apologies from me, but certainly not from this guy, Scarborough, dude, because he, he thinks this is just great. He's doing you a favor. 
Well, fuck him. Jesus Christ. God, so what does that leave us? Put away the fucking notes, man. Just be spontaneous. What happened to my... Oh, yeah, the music stopped because I don't have the keys in the ignition, and uh, I guess we can live without that. Fortunately, today, it's we're part of a heat wave. It's Saturday, Sunday. My wife overdid it. She's, she's just... We had a little discussion, and she came in. She had, she was exhausted. She had a bee sting on her hand that hurt a lot. Uh, from going through, there's a common, there's a little pathway between our house and the neighbor's house that nobody knows about, and it, it technically leads into the back of the soccer field. But we don't want people in the street to know about it. And for the 20-odd years we've been here, 25 years, uh only maybe my son and a couple of friends knew about it and could use it when they were playing a game outside, but nobody else does. And it's overgrown, and you, you, it just looks like it's a neighbor's property, and there's a fence on our side, so nobody's going to go up there. But my wife felt it looked bad. It was time to clear it up and went in there, and that's when she stumbled on a bee's bush. Uh, and I'm thinking, why did you even do that? Well, because it looks right, and our neighbors, you know, technically they should be doing half. They're not doing anything. But she can't, you know, she'll look out the window and the lawn's not mowed and she's got to do it. And I said, look, you know, it's the one thing, the back lawn, I can't do the front lawn. It's all hilly and I'll fall over. But the back lawn's flat, more or less, except for a few holes. I can do that. But I'm not going to do it in the midst of this heat wave. And she no, I just, I just, it's my nature. I need it to be done now. And that is the way. And I'm the opposite. But I will say... Something has changed in the past year. Maybe, I don't know if it's anything to do with me talking about it on the show. But, like, if I'll see something on the floor, like the cat's dishes she brought in. And they're always, you know, they attract flies if you leave them outside. This is for our outdoor cat. Uh, so we bring them in. And then the next thing is you bring them into the bathroom sink and you wash them clean for the next meal. One for milk and one for the cat food. And I could walk by and just leave them there. I'll do that later. And recently... I'm just, no, we'll do it right now. I don't even say out loud, but my brain knows it's not urgent. It doesn't need to be done now. I can just, I'm just, I'm doing something else. I'll just walk past it. And now, and I'm happy about this. No, I go and I pick up those plates. As soon as I think about something, I'll, I'll pick it up. I won't just do it for later. So maybe that's to support my wife a little more. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, the fact that I'm aware of it, because sometimes I talk about it on this podcast, that's a big part of it. Uh, and it's simply, it's the right thing to do. So, uh, I don't know. So, anyway, there's a, is that a positive story? Pretty damn small pickings. Um, God. This COVID thing. In the States, it's just the, the whole country's on fire. It's so tragic. And it, no matter... What your politics are, the finger has to point at that president. He was never meant to be president. He never should have been the president. He never the, the Republicans never should have accepted that. And he knows it, but he's hiding from it. And and the others are just saying, hey, you know, if we can work this in our favor, let's just keep at it. You know, don't don't rock the boat. We got control. We have power. That's all we wanted was power. We got it. Never mind the, the shit this guy's doing, even though they know it. When he attacks, you know, somebody like Fauci, who's the expert on uh, dealing with COVID-19 and, and other things, a, a true hero. Um, that's like, okay, whoa, this is wrong. I, I mean, I don't need to tell anybody listening how fucking awful it is having Donald Trump as the president of this country for four years. And, oh, God, help us if he's ever reelected. But he won't be. He won't be. But... There's another little, little part of me. It's only a little peeping sound, just a little beep, beep, beep. That almost feels sorry for him because it's so pathetic. I mean, he's mentally, well, besides being mentally unfit, mentally and uh, spiritually and and, uh, morally unfit to be president, there's something really pathetic about that he can't see. He, he's such a narcissist that he can't see. It's, it, I, what is the word? It's not psychotic, but he can't bear to see where he, he's failed. Now, his niece, 
um, you know, the daughter of his brother, now deceased, I believe, uh, has written a tell-all book. And I've seen her interviewed a few times, and it's it's not evening the score. It's saying, I, knowing the election's coming up, I have to speak now. She knows this man was never meant to be president, never should have been president, and she knows what he's like. She knows what the Trump family is like. She knows him, her uncle. And she's written this book. And when I've heard her speak on television, wow, I'm impressed. It's not, ha-ha, I'll get you. It's not some somebody who's you know trying to make a quick buck uh, by, all right, I got some dirt on Trump. I'll, I'll put it in now. She's writing out of... Out of I think out of a, a fear for America that if man was ever reelected, um, and so I have respect for her, and I'm pretty damn sure. I mean, him, you know, the story of him paying money to have somebody else write his exams to get into a good university. Holy Christ, that's sort of you know fitting. But anyway, we we don't need to know about that. I guess I was just saying I I was almost there's a point in view if he if he was say if he was jailed. After it's not going to happen because he'll just stall until he dies. You know, he'll have all those lawyers who'll just love nothing more than the attention they'd get from defending Trump. But if he was ever forced to see himself to be sitting alone in a cell, and if it was possible for his mind to be opened to actually see who who am I really? What 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 have I really done? I, I guess it'll never happen or never could happen. The defenses are just so so deep, so strong, and they're there for his very survival. Um, but that's where I I have that little beep 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 of pity for him that it's not going to happen, and so he'll just go on and he'll die, you know, as the greatest president that ever lived. But. You know, if people turn their backs on him after he's out of office, realize he's no more use to us, he's a he's a liability, and he was left alone to face the truth. Oh my God! Okay, listen, boys and girls, I you know what what a thing to do. But then, hey, these are the times we're living in the midst of the coronavirus. A little better control here. No, a lot better control here under the leadership we have in Canada, doing our best to... Uh, we're, the biggest issue we're facing now is how do we get kids back in school? What formula? Not at all. Stay at home, study online. Uh, full-time, back you go. Or a hybrid, two days in, three days off, and vice versa, you know. Uh, half the half the class size. It's boy, it's tough. It, it, this is this this hit us hard, and I guess just circling back to the beginning for a lot of the people I was saying fuck off to on TV. This is the time for the potential for change. I, I listened to the the end. I'll finish with this. The end, and, and it, it's connected. So don't worry. I'm not off on another tangent. The end of uh, uh, two drunk ex pastors. And they said, what about 100 years from now, when they look back at us and say, you mean you just walk past a homeless person on the sidewalk? They're reflecting back to 100 years ago, you know, the treatment of black people and, and all the things that we're trying to write now. Um, the way the treatment of gay people, of, of, of the imprisonment, the, the horrible things we've done that now we realize. And this is even in my lifetime, the changes we've made. But what about into the future? And this, the and you've got to point to the evils of fucking capitalism, and how you've got this. How did you? How did you put up with the fact that some people could have five homes and be at the top and all this power and totally insulated from from the reality of of what it's like to be poor? And then the rest of you just sort of sort of ignoring. I don't want to deal with that now. I don't want to deal with beggars and homeless people. And yet knowing this is wrong, there's something wrong with our culture, our society, our political system, that we're not fixing the problems that we've we've got now. And I fear, with a lot of the protests we're seeing on TV, throwing pink paint 
on the statue of uh, Sir John E. MacDonald just sort of sucks up airtime and doesn't deal with any of these issues. And all this is polarized people who say, oh, you stupid idiots, what are you doing that for? And how come they're white people in this Black Lives Matter movement throwing the pink paint on the statues? And really, what does that accomplish? And is it not just you fulfilling some, you know, feeling you have you want to get out and do some shit, you know? And is this really going to bring about change? Uh, like who, you know, and where, where do you focus on the good people? I guess that's what I wanted to start with, and I and I messed it up. Like there are good people out there, but with all that's being broadcast on the media, which is controlled by handfuls of people, um, what about the the people who are really good people? But they haven't done anything. They haven't been had their you know life taken by a policeman, so they're not going to make the news. But they're just good people. They're doing good works. And you might get a little spot at the end of the news on a lighter note. Here we have somebody baking pastries for the, you know, for the poor or something. No, there's so much more good out there that's unspoken, unsaid, positive movements. And it just seems the energy is going in the wrong place. Or maybe that's my energy, you know. Maybe I'm the one who needs to focus on better things. And I didn't do that with this clip. I'm sorry, but uh, I'm done now. Thank you for listening, as always, to the Dixon Jeans Podcast, Episode 8, fucking 100, signing off for now. Everybody loves a lover. I'm a lover. Everybody loves me. Anyhow, that's how I feel. Wow, I feel just like a Pollyanna. I should worry, not for nothing. Everybody loves me. Yes, they do. Personality. I can't help thinking it's no one else but me. Gee, I feel just about ten feet tall. Having a ball, guess you might call me Pollyanna. Everybody loves a lover. Gee, that's too bad. Uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, you know, I wanted to come out here when we had this really torrential downpour and it's stormy and it, you could hear thunder in the distance. And I thought, oh, that's a more exciting time to be sitting in the road trek. 
uh, podcasting to you, but um, I waited. The cat was on my lap, and now it's sunny again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it's not a complaint, but it's just it doesn't have the same feeling, you know. And uh, I'm I'm kind of I've got maybe dark things to say. Don't know if that's the right word to use. Uh, how shall we start? Well, I watched my brother give a sermon on um, uh, on the internet, of course, for his Anglican church. Well, my my parents are Anglican. We grew up in that church. Uh, of course, I quit by the time I was thirteen. But um, you know, more traditional. They and that's why I just did not like the minister at all. They wear the robes and all the stuff. It's, you know, hey, it's a spinoff from the Catholic Church. Anyway, he did a sermon. It was very, very good today. And it was nice to see him do that. I just We just had a phone exchange, me congratulating him and uh, for writing the sermon and reading it out and sharing it. And I, I won't go into all the details. It was just there was a parable, as any good sermon has. Um, and it was <laughs> the one about the two pitchers and the one that uh, leaked and felt bad about its its imperfection. And by the time it got back to the master's house, always had like only half a container full of water because it was cracked. And uh, but the uh, person bearing the two things said, I knew that all along, but I, I accepted it for you because I planted flower seeds on the side where you were leaking. And now, and every day after time, I just, these beautiful flowers bloomed and I was able to bring them back to my master and put them on his table. And it was because of you and your imperfections that this beauty came about. Some, you know, along those lines, probably one you've heard before or know of, but uh, I kind of liked it. And uh, the quote um, of... Where gee, I had it. Oh yeah, we are. What we are is God's gift to you. What we become is your gift to God. Now, even if you take out the God part, um, well, I guess it doesn't really work if you take out God. <laughs> but it does basically because it implies what I've been talking about all along: this idea of transcendence. That you 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 are one thing. But you can change, you can evolve, you can be better, you can grow, you can develop, you can become that person Carl Rogers referred to, and Maslow, and uh, others like them. Yeah, so. All right. Now, um, I've already used up almost all the time I have. I've got about 10 minutes left to wrap up something. The preface is that our moods change from day to day, and what we perceive one day from whatever mood we're in, whether we had a good night's sleep or a bad night's sleep, hungry, not hungry, what somebody said, whatever. Our moods are just, they're fickle, you know, and and it affects how we perceive things. So yesterday when I was swearing up my TV, I was annoyed in particular at one blonde girl with the Black Lives Movement people throwing the bucket of pink paint. And I just had the feeling she knew nothing about the history, the purpose. She was just in there for the the thrill of it. I, I mentioned that. And I targeted her for no reason, and, and I was mad. And it was just sort of, I've had enough. I don't want to hear any more of this. And I, I just was burned out. Today, the news, of course, is repeating the same stories. Only this time, they had people representing Black Lives Matter, and I took the time to listen and I was very impressed with what they had to say, with their message, with their knowledge of Canadian history, and then got into a very heated debate with my son about all of this. But with me coming across as very woke because I really believe their message was, hey, like yesterday I cared. Today I didn't care about the stupid pink paint. So what? It's just got a lot of attention, and now if anybody actually does pay attention, instead of the me yesterday, just shut it down. Shut it out. Don't want to hear. Don't want to know. Shut up. Go away. The me today wanted to hear what they had to say. And, and you know, here's me telling my son, well, what about Cornwallis? Why, why would that statue be people saying tear it down? Here's a guy who put a price on, on, on uh, scalps 
for the native people, you know, wiping out the Baltic people and, and the horrors of the colonial history that we don't want to face with. We've never had to. And all this is tying in with the book on, uh, you know, uh, white fragility and so on, that we, we can get away with ignoring our history because we're in the winner's circle. And there's a lot of things we don't want to pay attention to. I mean, oh my God, I, I keep repeating the story of my my grade five social studies, which was then, I guess, history book about, you know, the evil, the savage Iroquois. Nothing about what the white people were doing, you know, throughout North America, uh, because we were the good guys. We were the ones telling the history. So I just, I needed to share that because I know some people might listen to me. I think, oh, that, that old fart, you know, he's, he's not ready for new ideas. His mind is set. Uh, and, you know, he's comfortable in the status quo and that's it. But no, yesterday I, or today, I really listened and I really felt entirely different. And I thought, yeah, I, I, I'm not in favor of a mob tearing down the statues. I would rather that be talked about and, and, and debated in, in city councils and people decide, okay, we'll remove it and we'll, we'll maybe we'll put another one up there in its place or we'll put this in a, in a museum and we'll have, as they've done with the Museum of, uh, uh, not of Civilization, the Museum in Winnipeg, Human Rights Museum, uh, when they correct some of the things, when they go, oh, there's a change here. Uh, in history, um, the woman ahead of uh, Miramar, who we had um, treated as a hero and given her, you know, honorary Canadian citizenship, and then realized, wait a minute, didn't she sort of not stop the military from killing all the Muslims? And so, right beside her picture, I think there was either an X through it, or you know, the color was changed, the light was off it, and there was an explanation of why she is no longer in favor. And so it educated people, it corrected people, and that's what we have to do with these statues. Okay, why are people angry at this person? But just, I'm against mob rule is what I'm saying, and just people, a certain entitled, not entitled group, or they think they are enlightened, they can decide what comes, what goes. No, no, let's have a broader discussion here, but thank you for uh, for informing us of uh, why this should be up for debate in the first place. So... I need you to know that, okay? I need you to know that uh, I'm not fixed in one position, one spot, that my my perceptions, as, as do yours, can shift from day to day. But I am still like to think that I'm open to new ideas and, and having my mind changed on issues. I mean, the discussion with my son was how much better Canada is than it was 50 years ago. And he said, well, what about violence? Is that better? And I thought, oh, gee. They were certainly not guns like there are today, 50 years ago. And so some things, yeah, okay, not everything is better. There are some problems here. Um, and I talked about defunding the police, that uh, that it's not. I mean, it, it's ridiculous, the concept of ab- abolishing the police is absolutely insane and ridiculous. And the term defunding has to be defunded, uh, explained. But the idea of cutting back on the budget and as I've said, examples of just, you know, using rent-a-cops when you can use regular police if, you know, if that doesn't offend anybody because maybe they're not union wages. But there are savings to be had and there are better ways of dealing with a lot of issues like when somebody's in stress and mental health or get, get in somebody who can understand these things first before you bring in people armed with guns to scare the shit out of them. Okay, so... That's it. I guess the latest uh, news out of the states is they're referring to it as Barr's Army. Uh, this is people who came into Portland. Uh, this is kind of a shock. It's just a recent story that you've probably heard about. Uh, these these groups are not they're unidentifiable. They don't have name plates. Uh, they're put in by the federal government. They're heavily armed. They are roving. Uh, they can be offensive or defensive. They're silent, no communication with citizens. They're lawless, little communication with local officials. And the use of force protocols and scope of the authority is unknown. Um, furthermore, please understand what this means. Heavily armed federal vigilantes who act under no clear authority use force provocatively and will not identify themselves are coming to your town within 120 days of a federal election and at a time when protests are a regular occurrence. So, uh, in other words, beware. Um, this, this is dangerous stuff. 
And, uh, but again, oh my God, this whole podcast should not be about what a mess the States is in because, uh, you don't want to hear that. You already know that. I just, I, I guess what I was reflecting on is how I need to open up to my own ignorance and bias, which is there. And, um, you know, there are things, there's one way of just trying to feel better about yourself and love yourself and be on a higher plane. But there's another level too of, okay, well, you've got to be better informed. I mean, the argument I had with my son, I said, the only thing I wanted, you know, I said, capitalism is broken, tax the hell out of the rich and put that money into education. Because uh, the, the state, when I think back to my high school and I was telling him this, I had, we had a technical drawing teacher we had a home economics teacher. We had metalwork teacher, woodwork teacher, uh, car shop teacher, same as a metalworks teacher. Uh, all the wood we needed to build you know, full-size coffee tables. Um, the supplies were there. The technical drawing was a specialist course. You could take that or the art class. Uh, gym teachers, two male, two female gym teachers, uh, music teachers, uh, and of course, the usual French and irregular other teachers, all of that, which I don't see in schools here today, in public schools, uh, and things like that, that kids are missing out on. And it's cutbacks and cutting back, and, and things are different now. We, we have, I know, uh, it's much harder now, and we do not have a homogenous. Remember, I went to what appeared to be a segregated school, all white Protestant kids. Um, because that was just the economics of the time. That's where you lived in Western Lachine. If you were lucky enough to be that mid white middle class and a privileged, uh, and, uh, kids now, I mean, people are coming into classes as ESL students who haven't had any previous knowledge or training and, and people are living according to their gangs and their cultures. And, and it is a much scarier place and a much more difficult place to reach people. But that aside, if you start younger in, uh, you know, junior kindergarten and fund these programs properly and maybe have proper daycare programs for people who need to work, this is where the focus should be. This is how we will have a better Canada again in future. Okay, end of sermon. My God, uh, sorry about that. I, I guess I finished this podcast. I've gone over time, and it's only Sunday. I'll try not to put it out to Wednesday, but uh, I just I felt the need to clear that up, and maybe it's just to protect my own reputation and name. But no, also what I always do on the Dixon James podcast is to show you that. Things can change from day to day. We're not static. Our moods aren't, but our, our thinking is not either. And uh, nor should yours be. Although we try to pin down our friends, so this is the way they are. We see them as fixed entities, but we don't want to see our, our, ourselves to be perceived that way. Scarborough Dude, signing off. Thank you for listening. And uh, get in touch sometime, for Christ's sake. Bye for now. Bye for now.